Everybody be seated just for a moment. I'm going to go ahead and get into this. Don't close up. Just because you're sitting, because they were filled while they were sitting. You don't have to be standing to catch what he's delivering. Amen. Thank you, Father. Come on, just lift your hands right now. If you feel willing to, just lift your hand, lift your heart more importantly and say, God, I'm ready for your rushing wind. Come on, say, God, I'm ready for your powerful wind. Listen to this, your powerful promise. Your wind full of vigor, vitality, rejuvenation, revitalization. Lord, I'm ready. Come on, just lift your hands and say, I'm ready. You say, why do you tell me to lift your hands? Because you, you open yourself when you, when you lift your hands. We're not going to close it up. Watch. Pastor Man said, we're going to let it flow. If it can't flow into you, it will never flow out of you. If we come to church and we don't allow him to flow into me, by his spirit, by his word, yes, he placed the preacher on the pulpit to preach to you. It's not even about the preacher preaching. It's about his word flowing. And when his word flows forth, it has to get in. Now, here's the thing that's awesome. His word flowing forth, Brother Gilly, it won't return back to him empty. Isn't it, isn't it interesting, Pastor Caleb, that the enemy copycats everything that the Spirit was designed to do? Because the enemy, when he sees something swept and clean, he'll, he'll go get his posse to come back. But just the way of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's looking for an opening. <laughs> Is there anybody open to his way? Anybody want to be possessed by the Holy Spirit? The day of Pentecost is the day you and I today are setting in. This is an incredible day. This is the day that the new wineskin was fully de developed. The Bible says that the day of Pentecost, if you look in the Old Testament, we can see that the day of Pentecost was the Jewish feast held 50 days after Passover celebration. This Jewish feast was the part of the first fruits wheat that they would bring in an offering on Pentecost. We just brought in our sheep, brought in our, our wheat to, to the Lord, what God has blessed us with. That's why we come in and we give him the first of what he's blessed us with because he honors principle. How many knows that principle, if we believe it, can produce his power? It can, it can, it can uh, 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 release what his word is saying. When we begin to release what he is saying, when we begin to obey what he's released, then all of a sudden his power begins to, uh, it begins to come into the word that's been declared over you. And it begins to produce. The word believed is the word received, is a miracle received. And so we see here that the Passover celebration is the first fruits of wheat offering. 
We see that the wheat offering in Numbers 28 and 26, it was the Feast of Weeks is what, what if you go into to the Jewish customs, you will see it was called the Feast of Weeks. In the Old Testament, Pentecost marked this, the day the law was given to Israel. It was the Zeman Matan Torah, which is the season of the law. But in the New Testament, when the day of, watch this, Pentecost had fully come, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, then the Bible says that the church received the power of the Spirit of grace. The church received a descending of the same Spirit that fell upon Jesus in the Jordan. When he went under, he came up, the Bible says that the dove was to stay upon him and hover over him. And we see here that the day of Pentecost had fully come. And from out of the heavenly realm came the roar of a violent wind. We see that in Pentecost, as they're waiting all at once, a pillar of fire appears separating into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. Now, I just want to tell you, I'm not going to talk about fire as much as I'm going to talk about the wind. But I want to tell you that the, the group didn't come up with it first. On earth, there was wind and fire. But I want you to see something here because I was having a celebration the other day. And my son's birthday, he just turned 19 years old. My nephew's birthday, they, they were born on the same day. They, were, they had the same room number in two different locations. The room number was 316. And, and, and we, we actually didn't have it planned because that's the way of the Holy Spirit. How many knows? He shows up things that things start to happen that are unplanned. You have your plans, but then he shows up and does things that are a lot better than what you thought up. And we were there and, and we were celebrating and we were getting into the cake and we got it all done. And, and Pastor Jeremy, our kid's pastor, he said, if you want to, he said, I'll go get you the little ring. You can uh, create a little fire down there uh, where you've got your chairs located. He said, just go pick up the ring and get the logs set. He said, he said I'll, I'll get you some logs. I'll get the ring and we'll set it up. So they set up the ring and the logs and they had the lighter but they didn't have anything to help. They needed the help. You know what I'm saying? So they came to dad. They came to dad who understands fire, ladies and gentlemen. If you only knew what I'm talking about, but we ain't going to go into the depths of my history with fire. But I will tell you that I've got some history with uh, matches and lighters, okay? And, and so this was another one that I could add to my resume. What's getting ready to happen. What I'm getting ready to tell you. But it, it inspired this sermon that I'm preaching to you today. Because as I begin to try to light it, I, I, I got me a little piece of paper towel and I lit the paper towel and I put it up underneath those sticks that they had laid there and it started to catch a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Started to catch a little bit. And I thought, man, if I had some good lighter fluid to just squirt on there, it would take off. Don't try this at home. Do not try this at home. But I didn't have lighter fluid. So the next best thing. You ever heard somebody say cooking with gas? Guys, listen to me. 
I got my gas tank out and I started to cover those logs with that gasoline and I thought, you're going to see something here. This is going, this is going to take off. Watch this. Last words. You know what I'm saying? We begin to put the gasoline on the logs. You see, Peter just added the logs, but when you got gasoline, you put on top of it. You burn up all them serpents. And I, I put that gasoline on there, and I, I thought, you know, I'm just going to light this real timidly. And, you know, fumes, y'all, y'all know. And, and, and all of a sudden, when I put that little piece of paper underneath those logs, I'm telling you, that fire hit all of us that was out there. Logan was out there. I don't remember who all was out there. Logan was out there. I think, Eva, were you there? Eva was out there. There was a few of them that was sitting around the fire. And I'm talking, it covered me. I thought for sure that when I, that when I looked at my arms, I wouldn't have a near hair one on my arms. I didn't think I was going to have a beard left, but it just act, absolutely, it, it just came over me. The fire just came up on me. And all of a sudden, I looked down, and there's fire. Listen to this. On the outside of the ring, there was fire, pieces of fire, Brother Jeff, in front of each one that was there. And all of a sudden, I just got a revelation of Pentecost. Because that's exactly what it was. It was like pouring gasoline on the fire and just waiting for him to send the flicker. Waiting for him to, because I'm telling you, that place in that room was, was, it was, it was, it was uh, filling up with the fumes of heaven. It was filling up to the point because it had to not just touch all of the people that was in it, but the Bible said that it filled the whole house. Come on, somebody. Where they were sitting. Heaven was pouring gasoline upon their faith as they were sitting there. And we see that Pentecost had fully come. And, and all of a sudden now we see that, that there's, they're receiving a power, a grace, the Spirit. Why? Because they waited. How did they wait? They waited because they had celebrated. Now we celebrate the Holy Spirit on this that came upon the disciples of Jesus after the ascension. Held, watch this, not coincidence, on the seventh Sunday after Easter. Because when he does something, he completely does it. And we see here that they waited, but I want you to see the posture before I get too far into this and get too carried away. They waited and gathered together, sharing the same heart. They waited and gathered together, sharing the same vision. They were sharing the same love for God and also love for people. The same trust in his promise, the same place they waited, and the Bible says that suddenly came out of heaven wind and fire. And the Bible says that they, they, they waited, but I could not help but think about the, 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 the vessels that were empty. Because in this particular passage, I believe that these that were waiting, they realized and recognized their emptiness without what was coming. They, they realized that without this, there's no way that we can be effectively, uh, that we can be effective in what he's commissioned us to do. So we have to wait because without him, we can do nothing without his potential on the inside of us. And, and so they waited in the same mind posture, the heart posture, but they also were very uh, hungry for what heaven was going to release. 
And the Bible says, suddenly there came the sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind filled the whole house where they were sitting. And that rushing there is the, it means to hurry. It means to flow. It means to charge. It means to surge. It means to swirl. And we look at whole here. I want you to see whole because whole is, is talking about the house. But I also want you to see that whole means unbroken. It means undivided. It means Let's just go ahead and say it, united. How many knows divided will fall? United will stand. The Bible says that it's unity that God commands his blessing upon, and we're seeing all of it here at Pentecost. When we're reading the story, when we're talking about the story, we see the rushing mighty wind that filled the whole house because they were undivided. They were in one mindset. Listen, if there is a divide anywhere, the enemy has an opportunity to get in the way of the unity. He has an opportunity to stop up. He has an opportunity to mock and block when there's no unity in the house. You want to know why the church has been defeated? It's not because they don't have the authority and power. It's because what we choose to act like. It's because what we choose to be in his sanctuary. We can be united in the same mindset that Jesus paid the price. We can be in the same mindset to understand that no matter what circumstances are going on around me, that I know that the promise is coming, the promise is on the way. And they knew that Jesus had told them something is going to happen. Now I want you to see this. 800 years before, Joel had prophesied what was going to happen, that this outpouring was coming in Acts 2. And it's this outpouring that's coming. The, uh, Joel prophesied that it's going to come. And the phenomenon, watch this, because we get caught up on the tongues. But the phenomenon would be that, watch this, sons and daughters would prophesy. Daughters, that ought to give you a, a right to just go ahead and praise God because God has placed a word on your tongue. God has placed a word in your mouth. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. We know the thing. But there was a prophetic release that took place. And this prophetic release that took place, it was a prophetic release that would that would perform miracles. It was a prophetic release that where there was limits, there's no limits any longer. Let me tell you, that's why Jesus said that you're going to do the same things that I did, but there's greater things that you're going to step into. Uh, somebody shout acceleration. Oh, come on, somebody, because he was working on 12, but there was 3,000 that was getting ready to be saved. Come on, somebody. And, and you, you, you have to understand that the small season that you've been in, the, the little core group that you've been around is preparing you and equipping you for what you're about to experience and the harvest that you're about to be a part of. And we see described here that the wind came suddenly. Somebody shout suddenly. Suddenly, there was something that filled the empty. Suddenly, there was something that filled the, the, the willing heart and, and that it was described as the Spirit. But I want you to see that the Spirit was the breath of heaven, was the wind of heaven. It's the breath, it's the wind. Describe the wind, Spirit as breath, and, and His wind and the Spirit poured out. And first in Genesis 1, it's the same Spirit and the wind that hovered over the deep, that hovered over the waters. We see it in Genesis 1. I want you to slap your neighbor high five and tell him it's not a new thing. It's not a new thing. 
It's not a new thing. We see the wind in Genesis 1. Come on, somebody. We see it in newly created earth. <laughs> in the newly created earth, the wind hovered over the waters. In the newly created man, the wind began to blow in the nostrils of man, and he became a living form after God had shaped and molded him to look into the likeness of his own image. Heaven was coming to earth. Hallelujah. And we see in Ezekiel 37, that same wind began to look around a boneyard, a, 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 a boneyard of desolate things and broken things and broken bones. And we see that the life and strength uh, came into that desolate, broken, despondent bones of Israel. And when the Holy Spirit moves, how many knows that it began to move suddenly even in Ezekiel? Because we heard in the word and in the spirit, I want you to see how he correlates and he's speaking to us what's going to happen in the New Testament. Because the Bible said that there was a great noise hallelujah and bones begin to come together here's what I want to tell you a lot of times we're trying to work ourselves out we're trying to get our our, our the, the spirit of our you know our fruits uh, lined up but let me tell you something you're never going to line yourself up to be fruitful oh I gotta help somebody because the same spirit that filled you to activate the gift first and foremost is the spirit that's going to line you up you're never going to love in your flesh you're never going to do it in your own ability but when the spirit of God begins to fill you how many knows that you 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 begin to express his love his joy his peace his patience his kindness his goodness and his self-control Oh, come on, somebody. Which means when the Holy Spirit is moving and you've got a word and you just got to get up there on the stage while the preacher is preaching, you have self-control that you can wait until the Spirit gives you the opportunity to preach. I want to tell you something. When you got fruit, God will allow you to release and activate the gifts of His Spirit. But I'm here to tell you, you will not be able to operate the fruit in your flesh and in your own strength. So if you're telling me you got to get it right before you get in that's a lie from the pits of hell because the, I'm going to tell you what brings unity it is the Holy Ghost it is the Spirit of God that brings unity into a room I wish I had some help in this place because the Holy Spirit is going to give you unity because they, when it comes it begins to bring the people together this is what happened at Pentecost. What Babel separated because it was fleshly. What Babel started to build because it was full of pride. It was full of arrogance. It was full of flesh. And God said, I've got to drop and confuse the language. But here in Pentecost, he is redeeming, come on, the curse that he placed upon Babel. And now he's building a kingdom that of this kingdom, there shall be, I'm preaching better than anybody's response, of this kingdom there will be no end of his love, end of his joy, end of his peace. Is there anybody full of his love, joy, and peace? Would you just give God praise because you should be in your flesh. You should be building for yourself. But I come to tell you, if you build it for you, it will fall. But if you get into Yahweh and start building in the kingdom, he's going to make you a worker in a kingdom. And once you participate in, this kingdom will never die. This kingdom will never break. This kingdom can never be pulverized. Of this kingdom, there will be no end because there's been a suddenly experience. They waited and suddenly came heaven. Suddenly came the wind of change. Suddenly came the wind of refreshing. Suddenly 
came the wind that filled not just the front of the house, not just the back one over there, or this one over here, but this kind of wind filled the whole house. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm ready to see. Everybody affected by the wind. Watch this, that affects your enemy. Come on, you want to affect your enemy effectively? Let the wind fill you. Watch this, let the wind heal you. If you allow the wind today to fill you and heal you, your enemy will be affected by your healing. Come on, your enemy will be affected by the wind that you've allowed to enter into your spirit. There's something about the indwelling presence of his blood. But let me tell you something, when I was filled with his spirit, the infilling power of his spirit, there began to become things that glimpses of glory that I would have not ever seen had I not allowed the gift that he has freely given to us to be experienced in my life. I'm going to tell you, you can go to heaven by the blood, but I'm here to tell you, I don't want just the 34. I don't want to just be a 34 church. And I believe that there's a lot of people in here under the sound of my voice. You feel the same thing, that it's a progressive kingdom. And you don't want just the 30 or the 60. But how many knows you want the fullness of the full kingdom of God to be present in your life? I'm talking about when the day had fully come. Pentecost released a wind that gives you the opportunity to be used. That your hands can be used. And your voice can be used. And your feet can be used to walk into territories. And everything begins to shift. Why? Because when you walked in, the kingdom walked in. When you walked in, the name of Jesus was represented in the room. When you walked in, sickness had to bow to the healing ability of the blood of Jesus that you said yes to. I wish I had somebody that had a yes to the blood. And you understand that now God has given you the opportunity to operate from this place of the fullness of Pentecost. The fullness it's not a half-baked in, not a half-out, half-in. The Holy Spirit will keep you all the way in. The Holy Spirit will keep you hungry all the days of your life. Yes, you may have some days where you stray, but the Holy Spirit is like the staff of a shepherd that will reach out and grab you and pull you back into the fold. But I want you to understand that the shepherd not only pulls you back into the flow, he applies the oil on your life. He puts the oil on the wool. He puts the oil on the eyes so that nothing can get in your eyes. He puts the oil on the ears uh, so that nothing can be buzzing and bugging you while you're doing kingdom business. Uh, I, I think for too long the church has been distracted. Why? Because we need some fresh oil by the shepherd's hand. We need some fresh oil that comes from heaven that's not manufactured, uh, that's not manufactured, but I'm looking for something that's fresh. I'm looking for something that's authentic and I'm here to tell you his word is authentic all day long and the same Acts 2-2 has the same effectiveness as it did in the past because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. Somebody say a rushing wind. A rushing wind came at Pentecost and it was a wind of prophecy. It was a wind of prophecy is the wind of his word. It's the feast of word that was released. Driven by the power of the blood. And Peter began to preach. And when he preached, it wasn't pitiful. It was powerful. 
When Peter preached, Jeremy, it wasn't pitiful. It was full of God's authority and power. And Peter once denied Jesus. Why? Because he had not yet received the fullness. He was able to deny because there was something missing. Is there anybody want to get in a position that he cannot be denied? That he cannot, I will not be denied. I don't know if she's here. She, yes, she is. No, she ain't. God's promises and victory. Because he's not denied, you will not be denied. What, I'm, what am I saying? When the Holy Spirit fell in that room, Peter started, something happened to Peter. The one that be, began to deny Christ and was timid now was powerful. The one that was pathetic was powerful now. He's standing in front of the same people and he's declaring the word of the Lord. And he's declaring that the Spirit of the Lord fell upon Jesus. Why? So that he could release those who were captive and, and, and those that were bound and those that were addicted. Come on, and those that were struggling. And that's the power of the anointing that was released on this day of Pentecost. It's the same wind that also hit the Red Sea and split it one way and the other and created a super highway in the middle of a Red Sea. It was the same wind that pushed the locusts in and pushed the locusts out as a plague. It was the same wind, ladies and gentlemen, that pushed a cloud in the sky. High, when over uh, three and a half years there was a drought uh, but there was somebody positioned in prayer and you want to get a hold of the wind you get on your knees in prayer and you watch what did ready happen I'm here to tell you we've been declaring an outpouring but we've been experiencing outpouring what we have to do is understand that your prayers are powerful and when you get in right position you get in the petition with the Lord you put your head between your legs uh, and don't you allow anybody else uh, to dictate where God is trying to take you where he's trying to direct you and what he can do and what he cannot do because I see a man that went back seven times to see if there was a cloud because somebody was praying for the power to come for the rain to fall I'm here to tell you if you've got a prayer God's got the power if you've got a praise God's got the release of the rain and I'm here to tell you that what was three and a half years on a waiting just because he waited on God he went back one time to times three times all the way to the completion of seven and when he said servant why don't you go check one more time he said did you see anything he said no I didn't see anything he said but wait a minute he said I saw this uh, cloud the size of a man's hand you want me to tell you what's on a man's hand is five fingers you want me to tell you what five represents it represents grace I'm here to tell you the Pentecostal day that we are living in is the hand of God's grace upon your life and they may tell you that it's over that we've seen all that God can do but I come to tell you there's a greater glory that we're about to experience and all will see that he is the Christ the son of the living God every knee will bow every tongue will confess and say this is a day that the Lord has made I choose to rejoice I choose to be glad in it somebody take 30 seconds stand to your feet all over this place 
place and shake yourself loose from everything that's keeping you from praising him, from everything that's keeping you from your prayer closet because the rain is coming in the position of your praise. The rain is coming in the position of your prayer. If you believe it, praise him loud and proud like his wind. The word came, the rain came, the wind blew. Be seated just for a minute. I got just a few more things. I know I told you to stand, told you to be seated. It's one of them preachers. But you know what? I'm helping with your exercise too. Building them muscles so the wind can get in them. The compound word for God, that this word, the wind, when we look at this word inspiration, because what happened was the word of God would be released by the inspiration of God. We can back it up with 2 Timothy 3, 16. <laughs> the inspiration of God is the word of God. And in that word there is theopaneustos, which means the compound word for God and pneuma from the Greek root new communicating, watch this. The idea of dynamic movement of air, winds, wonders, <laughs> being released in Kairos moments, such as one you're sitting in right now. When the rhema is released by the wind of the word, that's why Pentecost happened. Because he, was, he, he, he wanted each and every one of them under the sound of the wind to release the rhema of God. What does that mean? To prophesy. One of the meanings is to watch this blow air through an instrument, producing a distinctive sound. But also, I want you to see it like this. You know, when that wind, without the wind blowing through that instrument, there's no sound. There's no sound without the wind. I'm just going to tell you without the wind in my life, there's not much sound that'll come out. But when the wind gets in you, I'm just going to say like this, when the wind fills you up, Brother Jeff, you can't help but let it out or you're going to explode. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's the wind of God that gets into, you're an instrument of His grace. You're an instrument of His grace. And when you allow His hand to play you like a trumpet, <laughs> there's going to be some that's going to get a glimpse of the sound because you've allowed yourself to be an instrument of His grace. His fingerprints are upon you. Let me ask you, are you allowing His fingerprints upon you? Because if your fingerprints have... Anybody ever seen an old trumpet that's been played? It's apparent that somebody's had their hand on it. You see this gray hair? I'm just kidding. It means wisdom, hopefully. Maybe we've learned a few things along the way. Why? Because we allowed God's hand to intervene. We're all just Peters that, that is saying yes to Jesus. Or no. Peter said yes to Jesus and left everything to follow Him. 
And Peter didn't stop when it got hard. He followed Jesus all the way. Even when he denied Jesus, he still was following Jesus. Don't get discouraged in the seasons that the Jesus you followed, you failed to believe. Because there's times when you're going to say, I believe, but help my unbelief. Everybody stand to your feet. I got more word, but I just feel God doing something right now. Don't miss 630 tonight. We'll finish it. Just as he said, it's finished. It's going to be finished at 630. Not what he's going to do in your life, but what he's about to release for you to start something new. <laughs> Woo! Come on, he's got to newly create something before he can use it. He has to newly shape me before he can use me. That's why he's cutting stuff off of me even right now. That's why, that's why you know, we get so caught up on what they're doing to us. And I'm talking about me now. I'm not pointing fingers. At, I'm talk, can I just get real? I'm worried about sometimes what they're saying about me. What they're doing to me. But if God be for you, why do we worry so much about man when we're in the hand of the Maker, of the world, of the universe? You were the apple of His eye. He died not for me alone, but He died just for you. Because He chose you before the foundations of the world. Let's, we can go through all of it. Before you was even in your mother's womb, He had a plan and a purpose for your life. Not that you could live halfway in the thing, but that it could fully come to pass in your life. Not in the sweet by and by, but right here and now God wants to do something. The same wind, watch this, that blew through the Red Sea is the same wind in Samuel that blew through the mulberry tree. And it blew, I, I, just all of this is so in, interesting to me because they were in an upper room. God went with him in the battle the first time. He said, go up. Remember this? He said, go up. He said, if you go up, the victory is going to be in your hands. And he defeated the Philistines in the valley of Raphaim the place of the giants. You see, David had to have many battles there. Why? But, and it wasn't just that he would defeat the, the giant. The giant was for the armies that were coming. If he would not have destroyed the giant in that moment, he would have not have had the courage to defeat the armies that he was about to face. The anointing was for his appointed season. And the anointing was for the appointed. The enemy's not even really worried about your anointing. He's worried about you getting to your destiny. Come on, somebody. He's worried about you catching the wind today and allowing it to push you into your purpose. And, and David, in the same place that he had just won one victory, two verses later, 20 to 22, here comes the Philistines against him again in the same valley. But watch this, Caleb. This time God said, wait. What was he waiting on? Check this out. A sound. Come on, somebody. 
Acts 2, they waited on a sound that was greater than them. And in, the, in, in, in 2 Samuel now, we're seeing David waiting. He's already defeated one, he's already defeated one battle. He's already won one battle. He was victorious. But how many knows that every battle you have to have a different strategy? You can't go off yesterday's victory. Let me just go ahead and tell you, you can't go off yesterday's Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. How many knows that you got to be refilled so that you can fight the next fight? How many knows you got to be refilled so that you can fight with the fresh manna from heaven, so that you can fight with the fresh revelation? And the same sound that came through the mulberry trees is the same sound that was in the upper room that day. Come on, somebody. And that wind began to go before them as angels, mighty armies, begin to defeat the enemies. Watch this. In one battle, God went with him. In another battle, God went before them. Let me ask you the question. Would you rather God fight with you or would you rather God take care of the battle before you even get there? Oh, I wish I had somebody to hear the word of the Lord because I'm here to tell you the blood of Jesus, he'll fight with you. But you get filled with the Holy Ghost, he'll go ahead and fight the battle for you and he'll give you the victory to walk into and take a hold of the spoil and take a hold of the fruit. Somebody praise him radically right now because he is going to fight for you today. He's going to fight for you. He's going to fight for you. going to fight for you with a different language watch this with a different language how are we victorious why is the tongue part so important you want me to tell you why because he confused in Babel their language they didn't understand each other but now the spirit has come into a place to where every nation, my God in heaven, every tribe, every tongue is under the understanding of the power of the message of the gospel of Jesus. Oh man, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm messed up right now because everybody was drawn to him. They were hearing their language come through people that had, had no learning of the language that they were releasing. And you say, why is the tongue so powerful let me tell you why because it builds you up in the most holy faith what was it Paul that said I, I, I'm glad that I have I'm glad that I, I speak in tongues more than you do and I want to tell you something he wasn't downplaying tongues in that chapter matter of fact he said don't don't despise the tongue he asked, actually said don't even talk about prophecy he said to test it but don't don't scorn it that's what, that's what Paul said. He said, don't talk about prophecy. He says, become a prophet. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you. He said, I wish above all things that you would prophesy. That's what he said. He said, all the gifts. He said, whatever gift. He said, but I want you to prophesy with the spirit of prophecy, which means when the spirit of God comes into the room. Let me tell you what the spirit of prophecy. I don't have time to go into the depths of the office, the gifts, and the spirit of prophecy. But I come to tell you when the spirit of prophecy comes into the room, I could pass each and every one of you the microphone, and you could prophesy. Why? Because we've cultivated an atmosphere of the spirit, of the Holy Spirit to will 
and prophesy. Why? What is that prophecy for? It's to encourage the body. It's to build up the body. But I can't operate in a spirit of prophecy if I don't allow myself to activate the spirit of tongue that he has released to me, the tongue of fire that he's released over my life. I know that we have to understand things, but we preach long enough that you understand what I'm saying. Hopefully you understand some of it. But if you don't, go ahead and get into your spirit. He said, listen what he told David. He said, bestir yourself. And he said, then go out in front. I'm going to tell you sometimes when the wind goes before you, you have to stir yourself to get into it because your flesh will stay stagnant. You'll stay there and stand still. But I wish I had somebody in this place that as the wind of God is blowing through this place, is there anybody that knows how to stir yourself into the most holy faith? How many knows you know how to stir, shake yourself like a Samson until you get into him? David stirred himself after the wind came through. And then he went out. What was the, what was the words that he said? Come out. Come, come upon him. Come upon him. If we don't have the come upon them moments, we will never operate in deliverance. If we don't have that come upon him attitude, we will never see true peace and righteousness. If we don't have this come upon me Holy Spirit, we will never see true revival. Come on, lift your hands right now and just Lord, just say, Lord, come upon me. Just begin to say, Lord, let your, let your wind rush me today. I'm not going to rush you. I'm going to wait on the wind, the rushing wind. Come on. Are you willing to wait for him to rush you? Don't rush the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit rush you. Come on, somebody. The, the, the gone is the days that the church rushes the Holy Spirit agenda. I wish I had somebody that would wait until the Holy Spirit rushes you, rushes over you, that it's forcibly comes upon you. Well, he's a gentle breeze, yes, but in this scripture, he came forcibly in that room. It was a wind. It was a force because they had to be pushed. And in Acts 4, we see that they needed both again and they asked for the wind again because they needed the boldness because the enemy had been wearing down the saints all of this is biblical all of this is truth I'm here to tell you that the enemy wants to wear you out he wants to wear you down but is there anybody that's going to wait until the wind begins to rush your mind until the wind begins to rush your dreams until the wind begins to get into the way of the thing that's trying to get in your way that it begins to pulverize everything that's getting in your way it begins to clear the path. It begins to give you a nudge into the miracle. It begins to give you a nudge into the suddenly moments, into the suddenly, and the, the things that are immediately. I come to tell you, God is going to bring it immediately to those who would, uh, would wait just for a few moments. Get in the position of wait right now and just begin to open up your heart. Begin to open up your hands right now. 